TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. One of the uh, sort of ongoing themes of the Mon Valley for the past 30 years has been the endless saga of the Mon Fayette Expressway. And in 2017, for the first time, the saga of the Mon Fayette Expressway, to my knowledge, became the setting for a very funny Well, it's a very engaging book called The Doorposts of Your House and On Your Gates by Jacob Bacharach. The book is out in paperback now, and uh, Jacob Bacharach is a writer, essayist. I would go so far as to call you a journalist. Jacob, uh, good morning. Thanks for taking some time to talk with us. Thanks for having me. And you, in your day life, work in in the arts community. Uh, I don't know if you want to say who your employer is or not. For many years, I did work in the arts community. For about uh, 14 years, I worked for the Pittsburgh Cultural Trust. Uh, now I work in a related nonprofit industry. Um, I left the trust uh, not quite two years ago, and uh, now I actually work for the University of Pittsburgh. Okay, I didn't know. The book, I, I may just ask you to explain the, the, the setting of the book, and I want to get more into that, but I also want to talk to you about some of the themes that you explore in the book, which include this so-called Eds and Meds community that we're so proud of in Pittsburgh, the arts and entertainment, arts and culture community, the nonprofit ecosystem, which is a phrase that makes me cringe every time I hear it, even though I and you both are kind of swimming in it in the Pittsburgh area. But your writing has also appeared in uh, Jacobin, uh, The New Republic, uh, Baffler, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Where are some of the other places that you've been writing for recently? Oh, boy. Uh, I have been uh, writing for a, uh, a new online publication called Hmm Daily. That's H-M-M yes. Daily. Yeah. Okay, um, and uh, I've mostly uh, been writing about uh, business, both nonprofit and for-profit business for them. Uh, I have written for the Paris Review, uh, the New Inquiry, uh, a number of others. I'm not going to be able to list them all off the top of my head. Any, anybody who's willing to give me a few bucks to um, uh, cough up an opinion. Well, you're like me. I, Jacob Backrack is is uh, on the line with us right now. We're talking uh, about his writing. We're specifically going to talk a little bit about his book that is now out in paperback called The Doorposts of Your House and On Your Gates. It is a novel set in the arts community in Pittsburgh and also using the Monfayette Expressway uh, sort of as, as a theme or a backbone uh, for the book. What fascinated you about the the Monfayette Expressway, Jacob? Although my family is from Pittsburgh and I live right in the city now, I spent a a good portion of my adolescence living in Uniontown, so in Fayette County. One of the sort of major points on the current, the the once and future route of the Monfayette Expressway. So um, when I was was growing up in Uniontown, um, that would have been in the 90s for the most part. Um, That was in the, the sort of early um, early days of the actual construction of what had been a, a sort of long dreamed of road link between uh, Pittsburgh through the Mon Valley uh, down to Uniontown and then ar- around to Morgantown as well, which was always proposed as uh, a sort of a potential source of revitalization for all of the economically depressed and disinvested communities throughout that region. And I was uh, fascinated uh, with it as a uh, as a, a sort of land grab um, and uh, a, a really interesting example uh, of the way in which 
private development, well-meaning nonprofits, and government entities that may or may not be well-meaning all collude on these massive projects whose economic benefits always seem to be about 20 years in the future. <laughs> That's what they call in, in the political uh, writing uh, a Friedman unit. It's about five years from now. And, and, and with the Monfayette, it seems to be it's about 20 years from now. We'll call that an MFX unit. It's about 20 years from now. Uh, Jacob Bacharach is on the line with us right now. He is a writer, essayist, and uh, works for the University of Pittsburgh because we all need a day gig. The, his book, The Doorposts of Your House and On Your Gates, is a novel. It is out in paperback, and it is set against um, – it's actually your second novel. You had The Bend of the World came out a few years ago, correct? Yes, that's right. And, and you have a book. Is it new about Joan Didion? Yeah, I am. Um, I was asked to work on a really interesting project. Uh, uh, asked, I guess, about two years ago. The book uh, came out uh, earlier this year in um, February or March of this year. It's called A Cool Customer, uh, Joan Didion's The Year of Magical Thinking. Um, and it is a short uh, nonfiction essay, reflection upon uh, Didion's work in that particular book, uh, as well as some of the other writing that she did in her career, reflected through some experiences um, that I've had in my own family. So somewhere between literary criticism and memoir. Can, can you give us your Twitter feed? Because that might be the easiest way for people to keep up with you. Sure thing. It's at Jake Backpack, uh, which is a, a callback to probably not a very well-intended nickname that I got when I was a, a young kid and nobody could pronounce my last name. So, oh, gee, am I, um, am I doing it okay? You're doing it great. Okay. I've reclaimed my, um, my youthful trauma for my, uh, for my social media presence. <laughs> okay. Can you give us your website too, please? My website is just my full name, jacobbacharach.com. Okay. Uh, we'll give that out a couple of more times during the program. Uh, Jacob Bacharach is our guest this morning for the full half hour. And we're talking uh, in, in, in particular about his 2017 novel, The Doorposts of Your House and On Your Gates. And uh, also we're going to talk a little bit more broadly about some of the themes he explores, including the arts community and the nonprofit community in Pittsburgh. T tell folks a little bit of the synopsis of the book. Give us the Kirkus Reviews. Uh, Synopsis of the book. The Kirkus Review always gives me bad reviews, so really? I'll, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the Publishers Weekly. There we go. Um, well, in fact, the synopsis is actually quite easy to give because I, I actually, um, the, the original idea for the book was no, not so much to write a book about um, the nonprofit community and the development world in Western Pennsylvania, but rather to write a modern retelling of the story of. Abraham and Isaac. Do you know how long it took me to figure that out, by the way? Even <laughs> given the title, I was about halfway through the book and I was like, and finally the penny dropped, but go ahead. <laughs> so, um, so the basic story is about, um, is about a man, in this case, an architect named Abby. Um, that's the, the Abraham character who receives a vision from God that tells him to, uh, leave his father's house. Um, and go unto the land that I have shown thee, um, where he is to um, build his family and his fortune. In this case, be Fayette County. That yes. So in this case, uh, his uh, uh, he starts out in New York. Um, he ends up in Pittsburgh, and then ultimately in Fayette County. Uh, he is an architect by trade, uh, something of a visionary. Uh, he comes out with um, all of the best intentions of bringing um, his uh, his vision for. Uh, architecture, development, uh, uh, environmentalism, and uh, ultimately ends up getting embroiled in a series of increasingly shady real estate transactions um, that uh, lead to a, a first a sort of tragic climax and then a perhaps 
slightly hopeful ending uh, for for our story, which, as I said, tracks pretty closely with the major uh, events of the Abraham narratives uh, from Genesis. He's not quite a Frank Lloyd Wright type character. Um, he's much more gregarious, I think, and friendly than than Wright would have been. But he does have, and of course, uh, Falling Water, and uh, what's the other one uh, that's that's down in the Laurel Highlands? Oh, uh, uh, Kentuck Knob. Uh, are both um, very much in Abby's kind of uh, idiom of building the architecture into the landscape and, and almost having it be an organic part of the landscape. Or at least that's the read I got on him from the book. Yes, um, he he's a sort of amalgam of um, Frank Lloyd Wright as the the sort of prototypical sort of great man architect, as well as what what I think we now call um, starchitects. Um, so yes. this sort of um, uh, global group of extremely well regarded and almost celebrity architects, who I think that you saw uh, beginning in the late '80s and certainly into the '90s and early 2000s. Um, sort of beginning to get a lot of press um, th- throughout um, sort of the the um, uh, developed world as building uh, museums, bridges, office buildings, and so forth and so on, the um, Frank Gehrys of the world, and so forth and so on. Well, by the time we catch up with him in your book, he is doing very few new commissions, and most of his income seems to be flying around the world giving speeches on environmentalism in architecture and on the naturalism in architecture. Yes, that's um, that, that's exactly right. And I, I, I guess I, over the course of my career, I've met a, a few architects who um, never seem to build any actual buildings, um, though they seem to talk a great deal about building buildings. Um, and I, I thought that was um, that would be a sort of entertaining uh, way to uh, subvert his own belief in himself as as one of the sort of great designers in human history we, we we won't mention any names uh we have to take a, a quick break when we come back let's let's pick it up with some of the other people who are in abby's orbit his family members including uh his sister who he becomes estranged from in part due to these sort of land deals that are happening okay Yep. Jacob Backrack is our guest. His Twitter is Jake Backpack, uh, or at Jake Backpack. His uh, website is simply his name, Jacob Backrack. He is the author of two novels and a sort of memoir, as he put it, uh, uh, responding to Joan Didion. But uh, we are talking in particular about his novel, which is now in paperback, The Doorposts of Your House and On Your Gates, which is a novel of the Pittsburgh arts community and the Monfayette Expressway, and a very funny novel it is. You are listening to Radio 81 WEDO. 15 50 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel. Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes. Support comes from the readers of TubeCityOnline.com and the Tube City Almanac, and we thank them for their support. If you'd like to contribute, please visit our website, call us at 412-614-9659, or email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is Jacob Backrack. He is the author of The Doorposts of Your House and On Your Gates, a novel. Uh, his previous novel was The Bend of the World. He is on Twitter at Jacob Backpack, or Jake Backpack, excuse me. Uh, his website is jacobbackrack.com. Uh, when we took the break, we were introducing uh, the main protagonist uh, of, of Doorposts, uh, who, who is the architect. Um, talk to us about his family members, specifically his... Son, although we're not entirely sure it's his son. 
because I don't want to give I don't want to give too much. Oh, again, I don't want to give too much away. Otherwise, there's no reason to read the book and his sister. Yeah. So, um, well, I'll start with the sister. Yeah. Um, the the uh, the sister is uh, again keeping with the biblical theme um, is uh, actually loosely based on what was um, in the Bible um, Abraham's um, nephew, so Lot, and is uh, in uh, in this case uh, has uh, preceded him to Western Pennsylvania. Uh, is a lawyer by training, but um, had abandoned, uh, for the most part, the practice of courtroom law to become a developer. She has formed a partnership with a another sort of shady development character who is himself based in Morgantown, West Virginia. Yep. Uh, the two of them have been engaged in a number of projects, successful and otherwise, have made a fair amount of money. And when Abby comes to Pittsburgh for the first time, they see this as a great opportunity for themselves because he lends a bit of environmental and design, how shall I put it, a, a better reputation for for uh, quality and ethics than they perhaps have uh, developed themselves today. Is that one of the things that attracted you to this as a setting for the story? There are some very good real estate developers out there, but there are also some who maybe are not as good. Yes. First of all, there's there's so much... Um, there's so much room for um, borderline criminal activity in the world of property acquisition and development. It, it makes for a it makes for a a good conspiracy narrative, so to speak, mm-hmm. to uh, to hang a story on. Yeah. But um, from a more philosophical perspective, I think that um, for the most part, uh, folks in communities, whether it's in in a large city, uh, in a mid-sized town, or even in some of the rural areas that, for instance, an expressway um, from one city to another is going to traverse. I don't think that folks think that much about how much their their daily lives are really impacted by the built environment around them, how much that dictates the way that we live, the way that we get from place to place, what our communities look like, what our communities feel like. And so I was really interested in exploring the fact that these people and companies that we might see, you know, on the sign of a construction site somewhere but otherwise don't really interact with on our day-to-day basis, have this really deep, compelling, and, and inescapable effect on the way that our communities actually uh, build, grow, sustain themselves, or don't sustain themselves. Jacob Backrack is our guest. He works uh, in the humanities and uh, previously was an arts administrator, but um, is perhaps better known to the broader audience as an essayist and novelist. His novels are The Doorposts of Your House and On Your Gates. It is now out in paperback. His book is available wherever books are sold, including Amazon, which was kind of on everyone's mouth and lips and thoughts here these last few months in Pittsburgh, when there was kind of this frenzied effort to attract Amazon somehow, including to the Mon Valley. One of the uh, things that has come out is that uh, the Cary Furnaces site in in Rankin was one of the places that was pitched to Amazon.com as the possible site of their HQ2. Uh, you, you were just talking about kind of the shady sometimes nature of development and how much it affects our lives. What were your thoughts on this? I know you shared some of them on, on Twitter. Uh, I I did, yes. Um, and uh, I may be writing more about, uh, okay. about that in the future. I have, I have written a, b- a bit about, um, about uh, Jeff Bezos, but uh, mostly uh, exploring his uh, philanthropic activities mm-hmm. or or lack thereof. Or such as they are, yeah, sure. Um, I, 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 HQ2 was a scam from the beginning. Um, it was uh, a sort of typical development scheme that you see whenever there is a, a sort of large um, uh, potential for a large corporate investment um, in, in a city, um, which is a sort of uh, race to the bottom effort where 
uh, companies will pit one city or municipality uh, against uh, one another, basically to see who will um, give them the most benefits uh, generally out of the public coffers. We see that a lot uh, with sports teams. We see that. Along with, yes, along with, along with sports teams. Um, sports teams often like to um, pit their um, current home against uh, some potential future home. Um, the case of Amazon HQ2 was, um, of course, um, the probably grandest uh, of any of these. And um, as you saw from what reporting uh, there was on the uh, offers that many cities made, although those offers were often um, cloaked in secrecy and made totally out of the public eye, um, billions upon billions of dollars of incentives. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, in, by some estimates, offered them uh, more than any other municipality, nearly $6.7 billion in incentives, although they ultimately did not pick Pittsburgh. Uh, I call that in advance. You can scroll back through my Twitter feed and see that I, I said so in 2017. Um, and uh, in the end, of course, there is no HQ2. They actually are just building corporate campuses in two different cities, um, uh, one in uh, New York in Long Island City in Queens um, and one in uh, northern Virginia in the Crystal City area. So, in fact, um, after all of this competition for 50,000 so-called new jobs and a giant second headquarters, they are, in fact, just doing what thousands of other corporations do every month and every year, which is building uh, a couple new office complexes in a couple of other cities. But but I think as you, as you and other people have pointed out along the way, they also got dozens of cities around the country, A, to see who could, as you put it, race to the bottom quickest and, and who would pitch in the most tax incentives, and B, now they have gathered all of this corporate intelligence on all of these cities and exactly what it's it's kind of the old question you haven't grown up in pittsburgh what would you do for a klondike bar what would you do to have jobs come in and now they know all this don't they they have now copious notes from pittsburgh and allegheny county and knoxville tennessee and indianapolis indiana and everywhere else that's exactly right and that is actually in keeping with the the fundamental business model um, of a lot of our large technology corporations which is that at the end of the day the thing that they value the most is not the the public commerce that we see when we purchase something from Amazon, but um, rather the data that they're able to to gather and to monetize either by selling to other entities, by using to um, subtly direct our own behaviors as uh, consumers, their either platforms or products, or in competition against their own uh, rivals and competitors. Jacob Backrack's books are available from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> as, 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 is, as is my book. Or you can go to his website for more information, jacobbackrack.com. You can also follow him on Twitter at Jake Pack, Backpack. Um, and we're talking specifically about his uh, 2017 book, uh, The Doorposts of Your House and On Your Gates, um, but also more broadly about his work in the arts community and some of the themes that he explores in the book, which is classified as humor. I've noticed on Amazon, and it is very funny. It is laugh out loud funny. But as you pointed out, the the end of the story is is semi tragic. I mean, it's it's you know that's kind of it's kind of a jarring ending, and I won't go any further than that. We have one more thirty second break to take. When we come back, uh, I want you to tell me uh, who the Latimers are and who Arthur Imlac are is. What the common themes with this whole development scam, and it kind of ties back to the to the Amazon HQ two story. Okay. Yeah. Jacob Backrack is our guest for a few more minutes here. Thank you so much for listening. You are tuned to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. Stay tuned. We'll be back to wrap things up in 30 seconds. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. 
If you've got an idea for someone who you'd like us to interview or a question or comment, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Welcome back. Our guest this morning is Jacob Backrack. He is a novelist, essayist, and arts administrator and humanities administrator. Day job, he works for a major research university in Pittsburgh, but he is better known for his essays in uh, The Baffler. Is it hmm? I think that's how we would pronounce it. Hmm Daily. Hmm Daily. The New Republic, The Post-Gazette, and many other places. You can catch up with him on his Twitter feed at Jake Backpack, or you can go to his website, jacobbackrack.com. So we, we've been talking a little bit about this. The, the novel Doorpost is set amidst the the construction of the Monfayette Expressway, and a lot of the intrigue has to do with people speculating on real estate and then through legal and sometimes extra-legal means trying to persuade the Turnpike Commission where to put the highway, because where the highway goes obviously makes their land much more valuable. But there's also Arthur Imlach in the background, and, and he's not as concerned about the highway, is he? No. He is and he uh, isn't. He, he, this is one of the themes, one of the real estate themes in the book, and and uh, which is that uh, the folks who are sort of hovering around this highway project are not so much interested in the construction of the road itself, but rather in the route that the road is going to take. Um, and so Arthur is the business partner of Veronica, the sister of the main character. Uh, he, uh, along uh, with a woman uh, from Fayette County, um, all sort of end up conspiring to utilize their insider knowledge of where the road is going to acquire currently not very valuable, mostly rural properties, and to uh, transform those properties into housing development. The idea being that once there is this highway connection, they will be able to build subdivisions uh, for folks who uh, don't want to live in the city, but perhaps do work in the city. And to them, that is a much more um, profitable uh, enterprise than, um, than building a road with uh, the very high costs even to the construction firms that, that actually do work on and, and build highways. So, so for them, it, it's really a bit of a shell game. They are attempting to bid on this massive infrastructure pro- uh, project really with the ultimate end goal of being able to hoover up a bunch of cheap properties along the route of this future uh, commuter corridor and then throw up a bunch of um, cheap drywall McMansions and sell them at inflated uh, prices to um, to suckers from the city. Gee, you make that sound like a bad thing. Jacob Backrack is our guest. He's a novelist and author. Uh, we're talking specifically about his book, The Doorposts of Your House and On Your Gates, which is out in paperback just in time. Which actually, it's been out in paperback for, for some time now, but uh, just in time for uh, your holiday giving and end of the year giving. We only have a couple minutes left, actually. Um, there, there is also... You, you introduced the concept um, kind of subtly. Again, maybe I'm slow, but it took me a while to figure out, oh, the, the hydraulic fracking and fracturing uh, pops up as well, because there's also some interest in some of these previously worthless mountainsides and hillsides, because what, what can we extract from it? And actually, extraction, it's extracting money from the ta- taxpayers' pockets. It's extracting land from people who maybe don't realize why their land has, is going up in value and they don't know why um talk to us about when you were you you said you spent some of your adolescence down in uniontown was the drilling starting down there already well so the the, uh, uh, no but the folks who were in the know a a few folks um who were often already involved in in extraction industries and oil and gas in particular um uh, began to see the writing on the wall they realized that the um well, at that point, hydraulic fracturing technology was not entirely mature. 
um, that it was the wave of the future. And so they began acquiring uh, either land outright or at least the mineral rights to land um, in order to profit from future extraction. And that is the sort of third part of the shell game in the book, which is that hovering above these kind of small-time real estate crooks who are the, the main characters in many ways of the book is a, uh, a much bigger-time crook, a much uh, more devious businessman who, in effect, uses their scheme to acquire property along the highway to bundle properties into larger parcels, which he then, through a variety of uh, methods of subterfuge, um, acquires in his own right uh, from our friendly neighborhood criminals in order ultimately um, to uh, either sell or lease the mineral rights and make hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars by doing so. Uh, over the over the course of the novel, some of the friendly neighborhood criminals actually sort of uh, clean themselves up and get themselves into local politics, uh, which is also not necessarily uh, that happens in real life uh, and has happened in a number of families. I don't want to give up uh, too much of it. Um, we have just a couple of minutes left uh, with uh, Jacob Bacharach. Um who do you enjoy reading? Because as I was reading the book, and there were times when I had to sort of flip back and, and I wanted to reread something because I, in, in A, enjoyed it, B, the, the dialogue um, reminds me, the dialogue in both the dialogue and the structure of the book uh, reminds me of the Canadian writer Mordecai Rickler. Um, there were sort of echoes for me of the apprenticeship of Dodie Kravitz in the book. Uh, definitely the way you sort of play with time and things jump back and forth reminded me a little bit of his book, Barney's version. Um who do you like to read? Who has influenced you as a writer? Oh, well, I, I, obviously I wrote a book about um, Joan Didion. So, yeah, um, obviously, yeah. She, she is a person. Um, I, uh, I uh, really love uh, a writer by the name of um, Sam Lipsight, uh, who has written some um, fantastic novels, including one called The Ask, um, which is a great novel about the nonprofit uh, industry and about fundraising. Um, I enjoy Rachel Kushner very much. Uh, her newest novel, uh, is uh, a novel about uh, women's prisons, actually, and uh, she became very famous um, for a prior novel called The Flamethrowers. Um, I uh, enjoy Rivka Galchen, uh, a, a Jewish-American author who writes about uh, mental illness and crazy people, uh, a subject of my books as well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, Joshua Ferris, um, who writes a lot about workplace culture. Um, those are just a few off the top of my head. Um, I'm also a huge fan of um, really pulpy science fiction um, and really bad um, airport thrillers. So if anyone ever wants to talk to me about <laughs> Jack Reacher novels, I'm happy to talk about those as well. Uh, we'll have you back on to talk about uh, the overview of uh, Arthur Haley, maybe. Um, <laughs> you, you mentioned that you're working on an essay, which will probably be coming out soon on the Amazon HQ uh, HQ2, whatever you want to call it, scam, debacle, or um, venture. Uh, what else do you have uh, that people can keep an eye out for? Uh, well, I'm going to continue to uh, do some writing about um, uh, about businesses and uh, nonprofits. I actually have a piece that should be coming out within the next um, day or two uh, about the um, uh, the sad decline and the financial machinations behind the sad decline of uh, the Sears company. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, so keep an eye out uh, for that if you want to know why uh, the bankruptcy of Sears uh, has everything in common with the movie Goodfellas. That should be. Um, that should be coming out uh, very shortly. I have I, I I can't say why I have a feeling what scene in Goodfellas you're thinking of, but <laughs> but, I, yeah. but I'll bet the listeners do. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, hopefully, um, sometime uh, within uh, the next uh, couple of years, anyway, 
uh, another fiction project uh, underway. Uh, well, the best place to keep in touch with you then is uh, through your Twitter account? Uh, yes, that is the easiest way to reach me. Um, but uh, there is also contact information okay. uh, on my website in the contact section. Okay, so if you would like to follow him on Twitter, he's at Jake Backpack. If you'd like to find uh, his website and his blog and links to his recent articles, jacobbackrack.com. Jacob Backrack has been our guest. Uh, his uh, what is the, I don't remember the title of your Didion book. I'm, I apologize. No, no problem. It's called A Cool Customer. Okay, the, his latest book is A Cool Customer. It is a sort of memoir and sort of exploration of the work of Joan Gideon. We've been talking Joan Didion. Uh, we've been talking specifically about the doorposts of your house and on your gates, a novel which is set around the development of the Monfayette Expressway um, and is a very, very funny and interesting read. Jacob, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. And thank you all for listening today to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.